Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number Charles Haley, Ryan Smith, Sergey Berezin, and Brendan Shanahan when he played for the Hotford Whalers. And his coach was Paul Maurice. I'm your host, Mark Hebsher. What a weekend, eh? In sports. We'll get to all of it, most of it, some of it, as much as we can. The Raptors' stunning loss to Orlando and the rest of the NBA playoffs. Not as significant because it's early, but the Raptors, like, what the hell? The Leafs and Bruins set to battle in Game 3. Kadri? Kadri. The hell are we going to do about this guy, Kadri? What's going to happen to him? Got to be gone for, like, at least 100 games. It's terrible. Uh, Blue Jays lose again, and Gurriel gets sent to Buffalo simply to learn how to throw the ball from second base to first base. Is Vladdy coming up soon? Like, are we making room on the roster for this guy? Come on, he's getting three hits a game in Buffalo. Let's go. Uh, Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Tide and Blades. We're going to find the culprit that made John Tortorella thumb his nose at the stinky <laughs> media. Tiger Woods, did you hear about this? He's a religious figure now. St. Tiger, that's right. All bow down to the incredible story of the greatest comeback in the history of sports. The man was dead and gone, and look at him now. And speaking of ineptitude, or did I mention that? Uh, No sport, no sport more than women's hockey needed a boost, needed something fabulous to happen. And what did they do? The officials screwed it all up. I can't believe what happened in Finland. I feel bad for all the Finns in this world. The whole shebang coming up. But first, your trivia question brought to you by Panzer's Original Deli on Bathurst Street, north of the 401. Tiger Woods' first Masters victory was in 1997. He won by an incredible 12 shots. What major champion was the runner-up that day? Tiger won by 12 shots, his first match. 12 shots! He had it locked up on the eighth hole, for gosh sakes. Unbelievable. Who was the runner-up? Major champion. The answer and a backstory later in the show. Trivia brought to you by the best deli bar none. It's Panzer's Original Deli at 3856 Bathurst. Real deli. Delicious, succulent, mouth-watering food. Party trays a specialty for your event. Dine in or take out. Call Lorne at 41... That's Lorne Panzer, by the way. At 416-636-1230. Or go to panzersoriginaldeli.com. So um, if you happen to run into someone from Finland today, give them a big hug. All right? Do you know anyone from Finland? I don't. Neither do I. No, I don't. But God, I feel bad for that nation and especially uh, those who follow uh, women's hockey. Now, leading with women's hockey, Hebsey, what do you mock women's hockey? Because it's always Canada and the U.S. every single time. It's Canada and the U.S. every single time. It's not this time. Not this time. You might have heard the United States celebrated a title that the Finns thought belonged to them. Instead, the host nation lost in a heartbreaking shootout, giving the Americans their eighth title in the last nine years, the Women's World Hockey Championship. Um, You might remember the Americans beat Canada in the shootout at the Pyeongchang Olympics, and they won yesterday in a shootout that should have never happened. Playing in their first final ever, after stunning Canada in the semifinals, the Finns rejoiced when Petra Niemann scored at 11.33 of overtime. I watched this. It was unbelievable. The sold-out Metro Arena went wild. The players threw off their gloves, convulsed in joy, partied like it was 1999. The coaches were, like, turning to the audience and going, yeah, it was a, a seminal moment. In sports, I'm sure for that nation, I can't imagine what it must have been like to see a, a, world, cha- a world championship. 
against a team that's the best in the world, bar none. But the goal was called back. The goal was called back, ladies and gentlemen, after a 12-and-a-half-minute review. Finland captain Jenny Herkoski made contact with American goalie Alex Rigsby as she went after the puck. Rigsby was out of her crease on the play, and Niemannen had a yawning cage to pot the winner in. All right. The goal was called back. Goaltender interference. Must have been. Oh, my God. But there was no explanation given as to why the goal was disallowed. On the ice, Herkowski wasn't assessed a goaltender interference penalty, but Rigsby, the goalie, was given a tripping minor. Now, under the rules, a penalty against the goalie would have meant that the penalty doesn't happen, the goal stands, Finland wins the world championship. But no. And, and of course, the goal would be wiped out if the Finnish player were given a penalty for goaltender interference, which she didn't get. So there's a complete screw-up on the ice. I mean, unbelievable. And after all the celebrating and 12 and a half minutes of agony, they waved the goal off. So what yeah. happened? Mike, you saw the game? No. Uh, when Canada was, first of all, I'm shocked Canada was eliminated because we, we joked about how the Canada-U.S. final was an inevitability. We laughed about it on Friday. No, I made a mistake there, Mike. I didn't take into consideration the problems that these women on the national teams of both probably Canada and the U.S., but maybe more Canada, of the, the demise of the Canadian Women's Hockey League. They're over there playing for their country, but their livelihood has been affected. And I think they were, there was a distraction. I can't speak for sure, but I have to believe that, you, sure, you want to win a world championship. Of course you do, definitely. But, man, what's going on back home? The uncertainty. Are we joining the, North, the, uh, the uh, National Women's Hockey League out of the States? Right. Are we adding two teams, Toronto-Montreal, or four teams, or three teams? What about? So I think there was a distraction going on there. And, um, and maybe under normal circumstances they wouldn't have. But you had a home country, right, that was... Man, they were just, they had momentum going. It was terrific to see, even though Canada lost, it was heartbreaking. It was good to see that the host nation, that, you know, somewhere other than Canada and the United States, really good hockey was being played. I always remember that one time when Sweden uh, got the silver, I think it was in Olympics. Uh, do you remember Sweden upset USA in a semifinal? Yes. At some point. So I always remember that. So I know it's possible. <laughs> but I was still shocked when Finland beat uh, Canada. And because of that, I didn't want to watch the gold medal game because Canada was not in it. I don't know if that makes me a... I'm not a hockey fan. I'm a, uh, but, no, but there when, was other things to watch. I, I had I did not tune in. But uh, anyway, it was it was bizarre. Mike, it was the most bizarre <laughs> thing I had ever seen. Rod Black was... Blah, 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 blah. Um, as soon as he watched the first replay, he said, well, that's going to be... I mean, that's a goal. He just said it matter-of-factly. That's a goal. <laughs> and as soon as he said that, I went, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. It's not a goal. Right. Because I start thinking of all these announcers who right off the bat decided uh, they're going to put their two cents in. Look, I'm the viewer. I'm watching. I don't need anyone to tell me what they think. Okay, that's why you're showing me the replay. So when, You know what I think? When Finland thinks they won, I'm guessing they throw their like, oh my God. stuff everywhere. Times a million. They're, yeah. they're, the game is in Finland. I can't remember the name of the town. Small, But the game is in Finland. Right. Okay? All the, This would be like... I don't know. I'm t I don't even know the size of the town. So it would be like, for example, in, uh, in Regina, if we won the uh, Canadian, uh, the World Baseball Championship, let's say. Right. right. And right. we've been, you know, we like playing baseball, but we're nowhere near as good as, uh, as uh, the United States or as, uh, you know, other nations. But we're getting there. Uh, you know, we had our Larry Walker and all that. But suddenly now we win the World Baseball Championship in Canada and everybody just goes nuts. And then they call it back or something. So it was just... It was surreal oh, man. because now they started going into a, a, like a prayer circle. The Finnish team, the longer it took, the more they were like, and then the, and what happened, the other thing is TSN <clears throat> did not have 
an interpreter as part of their telecast. So all this chanting in Finnish, I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> and Rod Black and, uh, and the rest of the crew, and I, um, I think it was Cheryl Pounder and Tessa Bonham, if I'm not mistaken. And I apologize if I'm wrong. Um, they, you needed someone to go, uh, oh, by the way, what they're chanting is, you know, some kind of interpretation right. um, of what's going on there. So there was, it was very confusing for the viewer. But anyway, what happened was, uh, I don't want to go on too long with this, but this was, was a bizarre scene, folks. It was just ridiculous. Twelve and a half minutes, they take the goal away. Now everyone's got to pick up their gloves, right? They hadn't been really warm. They, so you're, you've been going like crazy, and now for twelve and a half minutes, you stop. you got to get warmed up again. you got to get your head back in the game. Right. And now you've got a power play, too, because the stupidity of the officials gave a penalty to the goaltender, but wiped out the goal. It was just the stupidest thing, and no one knew what was going on. Um, anyway, uh, I, I'm not even going to go into too much of what they said because it was like, you know, it's up to the video. Once it went to video review, it's up to them. They overrule the officials. These are international rules. This reminded me of in 72 when these refs, Joseph Campala and Rudy Bada, um, uh, you know, after Canada, like right up the, you know what, with some of the most incredible call. How could you make that call? Like, how could you make that call? And, and Canadians threatening to, to boycott the game and fans booing. It was just like, you know, uh, inferior officiating uh-huh. at the highest level is, 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 is something I just can't stomach. I, I, I understand if teams aren't playing well and they're jittery and it's not great competition, you know, that nerves. But, but for officials at that level, to get that far, to be good enough to be in the world championship final, man, you, you, this can't happen. It cannot happen. Had this happened in Canada, we would be going, uh, we would be going nuts. The Finnish girls, even when they took their silver medals, they were just despondent. Lost in the shootout. It's terrible. How many Hebzian Sports listeners uh, would have bet after this particular weekend that women's hockey would be our lead story? That's amazing, too. Yeah, I mean, had they won the game, had they won the game, it wouldn't have been our lead story. Had Finland won the game, it would have been uh, maybe our third or fourth story. Hey, congratulations to Finland. They beat Canada. They beat the United States. Good on them. Good for the country. But the fact that this happened in such bizarre fashion, an absolute disgrace. The IIHF should be ashamed of itself. They should apologize to the Finnish players, apologize to the Finnish people. Uh, by the way, Canada, 7 nothing winners over Russia. Yeah, we got the bronze, baby. We got the bronze. <laughs> when Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship last fall, he announced his return to the winner's circle and the world of golf with authority. It was only a matter of time. We all knew before he started contending and winning the majors. It just had to happen. He was so good at the end of last year and earlier this year, too, as well. Only then could he truly remind us of the Tiger of old. And so when he won his fifth Masters yesterday, the cycle was complete. From the world's most dominant player for over a decade to a human punchline whose private life was open for all to see and then back from serious injury to beat the best golfers in the world at the age of 43 really is remarkable. But it's the way Tiger won the Masters that was most impressive. Oh, sure, he hit some amazing Tiger-like shots, but it was his steady play on the back nine coupled with the abject failure of the leader, Francesco Molinari, that propelled Tiger to victory. He didn't just knock in, you know, birdies and eagles all over the place. He played a steady round of golf. But Molinari, oy vey, who expected him to hit two balls into the drink on the back nine and pretty much hand the victory to Tiger? All right? Very, un, uh, very fortuitous for Tiger. He played certainly well enough to win. He deserved it all. But when the leader is putting ball in the water, it's not like he's trying to hit a 245-yard shot over the water. These were, these were not difficult shots. He flubbed them. Was it the Tiger effect? Was it the fact that every single person there, probably including Molinari's caddy, was rooting for Tiger to win? <laughs> that all the players wanted to thank Tiger Woods for making them wealthier, 
Because <laughs> right. if had he not done for golf what he did, these guys would not be playing for the purses they're playing for today. That is the fact. That's Arnold Palmer was revered because of that. Nicholas, not as much. Because Palmer, the first wave of golf in the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s, was Arnold Palmer, golf and TV. Right. And so what Tiger has done for all of pro golf, but for especially the guys he plays with on the tour, they were the ones afterwards glad-handing him, high-fiving him, hugging him, hugging Tiger. We couldn't have imagined this years ago. Could not have imagined it. Now, now this is the biggest comeback in the history of sports. This is the greatest comeback. Wow. We're (laughs) witnessing history. And I mean... He had the You're two talking shot. about an individual com- uh, comeback. You're talking about someone who was the greatest, the greatest, fell down to whatever in the world, injured, uh, uh, um, personal life ruined, sponsors walking away. I How mean, many back surgeries? Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole deal like that. That's ACL, all these things. The whole deal. Fantastic. Unbelievable. The, be- the best part of his win was his unbridled joy after walking off the 18th green. You see, his kids are old enough now that they can appreciate it. At the time, they weren't even born or they were... Just so young. Right. But now you see him come off and here's, and he's hugging his kids. Like that must be an unbelievable feeling compared to when he was that robotic, I'm win, you know, a stoic tiger for all those years. He's a dad now. He's got flaws. And yet he, he, he engineered this comeback in front of his kids and his mom and his girlfriend. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Everyone loves a redemption story and doesn't get bigger than this one. This is huge. So is the comeback complete? Well, not just yet for Tiger. He's got 15 major titles, three shy of Nicholas. Tiger had played in 28 straight major tournaments without winning one since the 2008 U.S. Open. Now that's, see, right there, 11 years between majors? Never, never before. That's crazy. Ridiculous. What that about was, when that's Nicholas some, won that's some long drought. Yeah, he was 46 years old. Okay. Tiger's 43. So from an age thing, yeah, he could still win. And look, uh, if he's playing like this against the and guys, I mean, look at look at the guys he beat. I mean, there's some really good players. I mean, Kapka has been one of the greats out there. He beat him by a shot. Uh, who else was in Dustin there? Johnson? Dustin DJ. I mean, so you know he's beating the best players. It's not like this is some schluck field. The U.S. Open, by the way, is in June. You don't think Tiger's going for that one, man? <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay? I want to know the ratings because uh, my mom, my wife, they tuned in. They never watch golf. I don't watch golf to be honest. But once I saw Tiger at a you know, had a, a share of the lead, I think it's like, okay, I'm watching the Masters. Massive, massive. Am- amazing. I was, uh, I was watching it at the uh, Toronto Card Show. Oh, yeah. So a bunch of, uh, like, you know, me and a bunch of other sports fans, you know, hockey cards. Oh, it was great. Some of the stuff there is fabulous. Oh, my God. If, you, if you're at the least bit of a, sport, of a sports fan, just to see some of the cards, some of the stuff there is, uh, is really cool. Uh, it's going to be another crazy week in Toronto, you know, Mike. I'm not talking about the weather. But the fact that there's going to be three home playoff games this week in the city is just, I'm giddy. Leafs and Bruins clash in game three at the Scotiabank Arena tonight. As of this recording, we still don't know the status of Nazem Kadri. Um, we do know this. He won't be facing a firing squad, but he may face life in prison. He's not going to play. He'll never play for the Leafs again. Oh, let's, you're saying that so definitively. Uh, he's just, he, he's, you can't have this happen. After what happened last year, and I believe this is going to be his fifth suspension, the f- and five and all of them for blows to the head. Yeah. So, like, I mean, how much? And, and this is the playoffs. How much more does this guy have to do? think of what they did with Tom Wilson? They tried to give him twenty games. Remember? So it was reduced to fourteen, which is pro- which might be. I mean, it isn't bad. 
he's a re- repeat offender, as you said, and that changes he's the penalty. He's a chronic offender, not right. just repeat. Repeat means you did it and then you did it again. Okay? This but, is chronic. This continues to happen. Not just one more time, four more times. And I feel like we all knew it was coming. Like in that game, you could have basically said, "Okay, Kadri's going to do something stupid in this game." Like it just, I just well, kept I mean, waiting for it. I mean, if Babcock knew that, he'd keep him on the bench or he wouldn't play him. But I mean, you're a grown man for gosh sakes. It's not like you're a rookie or a second or even a third year player. Come on, okay. And, and does the do the Leafs not have a department of mental health? Do they not have um, what is that like performance a, like a coaches? Or, uh, I don't know. But I mean, could can can. Can they not address this problem with Kadri? Uh, we think, Nazem, that Boston's going to try to get under your skin by doing things that they did last year, which got under your skin, which earned you a three-game suspension. Do you remember that, Nazem? So let's go over a few things. Let's visualize. Right. Let's visualize Brad Marchand calling you uh, a bad name or, or, or jabbing you in your calf with, uh, with his stick. What would you do? <clears throat> right? What if Jake DeBrusque uh, took your knee out or you thought he took your knee out? Then what would you do? Or somebody goes at your father figure, Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, and uh, never mind the fact that the officiating's been pretty bad so far in that series. I mean, we're going to get that in every series. I'm sure there's been bitching and complaining about officiating. That's just the way it is. Uh, and maybe one thing led to another, but that doesn't excuse what Kadri did. It's, it was a stupid thing to do. And if I'm the Leafs, I say, we've got to cut this guy loose. It's, it, it, this is not unlike, uh, well, it is unlike, but it's sort of not unlike the situation with Osuna last year. The club is put in an untenable. Well, it's uh, the club is put in an untenable position. This is what I'm talking about. I what disagree that, on that, that what one. This, that what this guy is doing, okay, even though this is an on ice incident versus an off ice incident, seems to be a, a problem that's not going to go away so fast and is going to affect this team. So let's get rid of the problem, right? Let's get rid of Osuna. We won't have to worry about this anymore. We'll cut our losses. We can't afford to have him on our team with Kadri. We can't afford to have him on our team. Our team is affected. That's it. That's that's my comparison. I, I know. It's I untenable. They right. cannot let this guy come back and play for this team. How do you think his teammates feel about him? Oh, that's Nasbian. It's okay. We'll be fine without Naz. We'll let um, we'll let I don't know who who do they have left to play. We'll we'll bring. Oh, oh sorry, they don't have Josh Levo anymore. Oh, they don't have Parlinholm anymore. Or, uh, who's, who's yeah, Patan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. But still, Kadri. So um. What's your call? How, how long do you think I have to say, though, I think I like Kadri's game. I don't know why he has these mental lapses where he does I, such stupid things. And, and the fact they're headshots, like, they're, you can't excuse that behavior. And he is a repeat offender, and he's, he deserves what he gets here. Multiple, I'm, I'm less multiple offender. Not, a, not repeat offender. I know. Repeat offender is you multiple kill someone, offender. then you killed someone else. Right. Multiple offender. Serial killer. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why he has this immature part of his games? game. I, I think he probably gets, like... Four games? Are you nuts? nuts Are you maybe? out of your right. mind? I don't. Maybe I am. I How about know. double? Okay. Minimum double that. Minimum eight games, and I think more. Oh man, he's That's... a multiple, not repeat, multiple offender. And you think the NHL wants to have to deal with? They're supposed to be celebrating the Stanley Cup playoffs. The last thing they want is oh, for gosh, you get dragged into the office here on a Monday to deal with Kadri again. You again, right. again, you. Did you not learn from last year? How about this? How about 15 games? Will you learn after that? Because last year they did it again. Tom Wilson, 20. Different situation, blindside hit, whatever. But still, come on. It's too bad. The Stanley Cup playoffs have featured some incredible results so far. Hey, Mike, who out there thought the Columbus Blue Jackets would lead Tampa three games to none? First two wins in Tampa. Anybody? Anybody? No. (laughs) 
Well, Columbus won again yesterday, 3-1. to one. The Islanders, well, some expected them. They had the home ice advantage, but that 3 nothing series lead on Pittsburgh, amazing. Beat them 4-1 yesterday. What a squad. Well, back to the, uh, you went over <clears> so quickly, but is that going to be the biggest first-round upset in NHL <laughs> history if it's a sweep? If the team, if this team... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I cannot, I, no, I don't believe a number one seed. I can't think of a number one seed being swept in the opening round. Swept? It might have actually, I think they're, well... What maybe, in, maybe in one, in the preliminary series years ago when they played best two out of three, but uh, I don't have my... You'll have to ask a stats geek about that one, Mike. I, I don't know. It sounds pretty good, <laughs> I though. I remember that the Canucks be... in, like, 20... After they went to the final against Boston and lost in seven. I know that they had the President's Trophy, and they went out in the first round, and right. I cannot remember if they were swept. Well, you know what? Why don't you do the trivia question on the next Tabsy <laughs> on Sports? You come right. up with the trivia, and I'll see if I can come up with the answer. It's fine. As long as Panthers gets the sponsorship, it doesn't matter who comes up with the question, right? That's a good one, though. Um, anyway, yeah, so... Uh, and, oh, oh, you know what? The Vegas Golden Knights, I thought San Jose might roll over them. Well, guess what? San Jose won the first game. Vegas won the last two, including a 6-3 win at home. So they're up two games to one there. Winnipeg losing the first two at home. Uh-oh. And then St. Louis uh, got a taste of their own medicine um, as the Blues lost 6-3. And the best goal of the postseason so far by Dustin Bufflin. Did you see this one, Mike? No. He's, he's on the goal line. And uh, Jordan Bennington, the Blues, is hugging the post. So he's on her knees hugging the post. And as he's hugging the post, his, his, um, his head, of course, his goal mask and his head is maybe you know, six inches from the post. The rest of his body's hugging the post. Bufflin's on the goal line. He banks one off the side of Bennington's head and into the net. I mean, it was the most beautiful cue shot you've ever seen. It was a carom, uh, uh, the most fantastic shot. Planned it. You looked. He's looked up. There was no place to go. He said, I see a little opening. I'm going to put it off, off his noggin and right into the net. Unbelievable. Wow. So they're back in the series, Winnipeg there. Tonight, the Caps look to go up three zip on the Canes in Carolina. Uh, that's a pretty easy one. I mean, the Canes, not nearly as good as the Caps. And Dallas uh, hosting Nashville in game three of that series, which is deadlocked 1 1. And Colorado gave Calgary a bit of a scare there. Uh, Calgary clobbered them in all four games during the regular season, but Colorado earned a split and now host game three of that series tonight in Denver. <clears throat> we'll have more on Hockey Confidential later in the show. Nick Nurse made a huge coaching error during Saturday's Raptors loss to Orlando at home. Did you catch this error? Did you catch this big mistake? Uh, tell me which one, yeah. Well, the one where you looked <laughs> and you saw Kawhi Leonard on the bench. Oh. <clears throat> that one. Oh, so this is uh, the second quarter <laughs> when we oh, got that, hammered. This is the game, pretty much, yeah. But um, he played how many minutes? How many minutes did Kawhi Leonard play? 33 minutes. Now, isn't the idea of load management to say, okay, you're my number one guy, you're my stud, you're my horse, you're going to play 40 minutes, Kawhi, 40, maybe 42 minutes. 42 minutes like, oh, Pascal Siakam played 42 minutes. Did he get load management this year? What the hell is going on? You rest the guy all season. You tell your fans all season long, 60 games. He's going to rest. Can't play back-to-back, blah, 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 blah. We all expected load management as part of the Raptor vernacular to mean Kawhi will be your stud in the playoffs. That's why he's here for the one-year window. 33 minutes. There's 48 minutes in a game. You got load management in the game too now? This late? So Siakam plays 42 minutes. Kyle Lowry goes 0 for 7 from the field. Banged up Kyle Lowry. Even he, He played 34 minutes. Missed his free throws too. Yeah, he played 34 minutes. End of the game, you got Kawhi in the game, 33, and he comes up short on a jumper. He hits the, barely hits the front rim. What's yeah. going on here? Is there something going on that we don't know? Is he still hurt? Is he, is he saying, I, I, you know, I don't want to play more than 33 minutes in the first game? I, is he looking after his own load management? What is going on here? Because if I'm Nick Nurse, I, I ride this horse. 
I ride Kawhi. That was that's the whole reason for for this season. Tomorrow night, I'll be the uh, Hebsey on Sports correspondent at the Scotiabank Arena because me and my boy are going to the game. You are awesome. That's fantastic. My first ever Raptors playoff game uh, wow. in-house. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but you know what? Um, you're going to a must-win game. There's yeah. going to be a lot of urgency. And don't let the Raptors say, oh, no, no, there's not urgency. There's concern, but there's not urgency. Bull, there's urgency here. You cannot, after what happened last year in game one against Cleveland, when you lost a game you should have won, you cannot take your home crowd out of this series. They've got to be engaged. You've got to win it for them. And for yourselves, of course. But a little bit of desperation creeping into the storyline. Lowry has to shoot better. We know. The team has to stop turning the ball over. We know. I told you that Orlando was going to be very difficult up front. They're a physical team. They make it difficult. And number one problem, Kawhi, when he's out there, has to stop overhandling the ball. When he gets the ball and everyone goes up, they're clearing for Kawhi, and there's three guys on him. One guy's up high, two guys are down low. He tries to go to the left hand. They, they've got him guarded. Let's, let's pass the ball around a little bit. You play your best game when you find the open man, like, like, like Gasol in there. But, I mean, they weren't playing as a team. Suddenly it was whoever had the ball dribbled the ball for 20 seconds out of the 24 seconds and then drove to the basket or made a dumb pass or put themselves in a bad position. you got to be better than that. you got to be better. I think that uh, that one hurt because I think we all like, kind of cashed that check already. Like, of course, the Raptors going to roll over the Magic. Winning game one was a virtual certainty. And then that, <laughs> that way we lost. I'm going to I'm not going to hit any panic buttons. I think the Raps win in five or six. But uh, that didn't we got to win this Didn't game. you say four? I think I said day? three. We were going to win in three. <laughs> but we, you're right. This game, too, in Toronto, we have to make a statement. Kyle's going to have to hit some shots. We got to play Kawhi more. Raps got to win. Uh, and how about DJ Augustin, the former Raptor? Remember years ago, we had this guy for like, I don't know, six weeks or something like that. We had him and then he played for four or five different teams. Redemption. Speaking of redemption story, I mean, he was amazing. He had like 20 some odd points. Kyle had none. And how big of an advantage is home court versus home ice advantage in the NHL? Can we make that comparison in the playoffs? I think the numbers show that the uh, home court advantage is a bigger advantage than home ice advantage, I believe, if you look at the numbers. It should be. It should be. Um, um, and it has been certainly during the regular season. Not so much in the playoffs, though. Besides the Raptors losing at home, the Sixers lost to Brooklyn at home in Game 1, and the Denver Nuggets, the number 2 seed, lost to San Antonio in their home opener. Uh, yesterday, all four home teams won, though. The Celtics took out the Pacers. The Bucks annihilated the Pistons. The Rockets beat the Jazz. The Trailblazers got by the Thunder. Uh, all up one nothing in the series. Uh, and uh, on Saturday, the Warriors took care of the Clippers at home. Well, we all knew that was going to happen. So game two in every NBA series goes either tonight, tomorrow, or Wednesday. Scattered. And I'm trying to think now if uh, other arenas, yeah, there are the Boston and a uh, uh, few other arenas whereby there's hockey going on as well as, um, as uh, basketball. Didn't have much of an opportunity to see the Jays this weekend, and thankfully so. But apparently, I didn't miss much. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. pulled off a Chuck Knobloch, Steve Sachs move. These are two uh, former excellent second basemen who had uh, a severe problem throwing the ball to first, ground, throwing ground balls. Picking them up was no problem. Fielding them was no problem. The throw, uh, they became catatonic. Something happened where they just could not throw the ball. Uh, the shortest throw from second to first. And it, it caused them problems. And it caused problems for young Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who got himself shipped off to Syracuse in favor of veteran infielder Eric Sogard. Why? Because Gurriel, twice on the weekend, 
took a routine throw and botched it so badly, he pulled the first baseman off the bag. Uh, once he missed him completely, the other one, Dustin Smoke, had to make a, like a Rob Gronkowski-type catch to, to prevent it from going into the dugout. So he goes to Buffalo because he can't make a simple throw. And they're all saying, well, it's mind over matter, you know. Uh, he'll have to work on his problem in Buffalo. But, you know, the kid's 25 years old. And, you know, despite his hitting last year, he's still really young. He's raw. And, uh, you know, this year they kind of handed him the second baseman's job when Devin Travis went down with an injury. But they said he was going to play some outfield. And you remember last year they were going, well, you know, we're going to make Kevin Biggio, um, who's a second baseman, we're going to make him an outfielder because we got so much talent at second base. We got so many guys who can play second. We got so many second basemen. What do you got now? <laughs> what do you got? Okay, you got Eric Sogard coming up from AAA, and you got uh, Alan Hansen. Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. But you don't have Vladdy Guerrero Jr. He's got to be getting the call soon. I mean, you got to bring, you got to give the fans something. He's hitting the ball off the cover, the cover off the ball in Buffalo. It's only a matter of time. You know, yesterday the Jays were in the game. They could have used Vladdy Jr. They were, they were down 3-2 to Tampa in the eighth, and then the roof caved in. Well, figuratively, the roof didn't really I'm in. surprised Vladdy's not here yet. Like, you know, now that that time period has expired for getting that, you know, year of control, that's done now. We can put that aside. Uh, Vlad, I'm not sure what the point of keeping him in Buffalo is. Let him play here. It's Get a defensive the... thing. I say bring him up and make him a DH. What do I care about his defense right now? Get him up here. Fans need something. Okay? Marcus Stroman yesterday, This he pitched just like Aaron Sanchez. This is what... It, this annoys me to no end about our two, supposedly our two top young pitchers, is they, oh, they get in these funks where they can't find the plate. And they, you know, 91 pitches in four innings, hurt his own cause with four walks and an error. Uh, and the Jays' defense has been mm, suspect, but I can understand because you got guys playing out of position. you got guys unfamiliar with other guys. you got Freddie Galvis, who's great. Um you know, you got some, you know, behind the plate, you got uh, Jansen's all right. Maley's had a few problems. Um, yeah, the, the pitching, you know, we don't have the best fielding pitchers. Stroman is a gold glover, but he didn't look like one yesterday. Anyway, um, how long before Vladdy? What do you think, in all honesty? I'm, I'm surprised he's not here yet. They got to make a right. They don't have to make a roster move because he's already on the 40, man. Um, it's just, yeah, they're in Minnesota, which I'm sure it's beautiful and warm there, the Jays. <laughs> To play outdoor. In soccer, TFC uh, lost their first game of the season, 3-2 to the Sounders in Seattle. This week, though, it's Champions League's play. So even if you're not a soccer fan, and I wasn't for many years, the Champions League is like the creme de la creme. And we're into the uh, quarterfinals here in the Champions League. So we've got Barcelona at home to Man U. Bar Bar uh, Barca leading 1-0 after the first leg. Juventus hosting Ajax for the second leg. Uh, teams tied 1-1. That's on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it's my Spurs, Tottenham, at Man City with a 1-0 lead after the first leg. Wow. And Porto hosting Liverpool down 2-0. Liverpool is just a juggernaut. <clears throat> Beat uh, Chelsea yesterday. Such a great time of the year to be a sports fan. It really is. And, and we knew going into the weekend, yeah. how much TV did you How much did you watch? How engaged were you for all the stuff? <laughs> well, I didn't touch the Jays game. <laughs> no, I didn't. You know what? I don't think it was on one of the regular. I think it was on the Food Network. <laughs> no, I mean it. Seriously, I couldn't. What, it, I could not get it. I think it was on, was it Sportsnet 360, which okay. I don't get. See, I get Sportsnet 1, I get TSN 2, 
But the Sportsnet 360 is like another six bucks a month, and there's never anything. A Cowan show I could listen to. I don't need to. There's nothing else on Sportsnet. Oh, oh it's the best plays of the week, which I can get on any of the other channels. So my I mom is uh, quite upset that she did not get that Raptors game. I just want to throw it out there. So Leaf games, they go on CBC. No one has to worry about this. Yeah. But the, that Raptor game was on the other yeah. the upper. Sports Upper Net tier. 1 or whatever right. it's called. <clears throat> right, right. She was That's very, right. very upset. I just want to let uh, Rogers okay. know. All right, we'll let them know that type of thing. All right, it's uh, time now for Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Titan Performance Blades. You know, many of the NHLers are skating on Titan Blades in these playoffs. In fact, I think every scorer, every goal scorer has been on uh, Titan Blades. I can't, I can't be sure, but I'm pretty positive. Why aren't you using Titan Blades? Why are you planning on using Titan Blades? Or if your kid plays, well, get the Titan Blades. Okay, have a little advantage over the other kids. Um, or, or your beer league or industrial league yeah, hockey that you play. If it gives you an edge, do it. An edge. I love that. Uh, Titan Blades, we bring the pro shop to you. We bring the pro shop to you. Have you trademarked that yet? It's very good. Uh, <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets coach John Tortorella always tells it like it is. I like this guy. You know, he doesn't hold back. That's fine. You know what you're going to get. He can be crusty. He can be very funny. And he can be outrageous. So the other night after the Jackets victory, I think it was after game one in Tampa, he quite candidly talked to the media. Uh, so who knows? Uh, yeah, so we, we're just going to uh, just get ready for our next game. And I'll tell you right now, this room smells of B.O., I'll tell you. <laughs> my, my gosh. Before, no, it's not me. It's not me. I, I walked into it here, and so does that end this thing here? Okay, thank you. All right, so my sources tell me that, yes, it did smell quite musty in that press room. Right at the end of that clip, by the way, and that's a video clip from YouTube, um, a reporter stands up and sniffs his left armpit. Okay? Because, you know, it's, uh, your, <clears throat> it's your olfactory senses. You can't smell your own breath. You can't smell your body odor. If you put uh, cologne or perfume or whatever on, within a few minutes, you can't smell it on yourself. <clears throat> so we don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... Here's what I uh, found out, because I have, uh, I have sources. Uh, I'm told that there are two media culprits, two culprits. Now, imagine getting, I don't know, 50, 60 people into a room, cameras, hot lights, whatever, into a room. They've been covering the game. They're waiting for the interview to begin. They're hot and sweaty. They're on deadline, right, which will make you hotter and sweatier. Right. And, and maybe there's one or two of them that are <clears throat> particularly, um, you know, uh, offensive, uh, but you've got a job to do. So... What do you do? Um, I'm, under, uh, I'm led to believe that uh, one of the culprits is a woman, a female reporter. I can't reveal her name, uh, but apparently she smells just like one of the boys. You have very good sources. Room. I'm impressed here. Uh, is this a deodorant issue that simply they need to either yeah. start using it or use a different, more powerful? Yes. Yes. That's exactly okay. what it is. It's exactly what it is. Um, and so... I don't want to say that guys kind of understand it more, a locker room mentality. There's plenty of women who've been in locker rooms before. They, I'm sure they understand the same thing. I've not been in a women's locker room per se, so I don't know, you know, if the, the aroma or whatever you want to call it is different. But I'm, listen, a body odor is body odor, okay? Yeah. Now, what we don't know here, and I'm all for equality here, Mike. Yeah. In this case, you know, when uh, Torts was talking about certain members of the media, he didn't specify a name or a gender. He just, you know, made a blanket. You guys stink. You know, you guys could mean the assembled media, which it did. So this could be a reporter that follows one of the teams on a regular basis. It could be a national reporter. It could be a television reporter who's there, you know, occasionally. It could be a blogger who got credentials. Whatever the case. Mike, what would you do if a colleague had a problem with body odor in this situation? 
am I uh, friendly with this? It would all depend on my relationship with the person. Like, if I'm a buddy of this person, I will 100% have a, you know, heart-to-heart and if it's a woman, private conversation. Even if it's a woman, I don't... Uh, what if you're not that, a buddy with this woman? Uh, maybe you don't know her that well, and maybe yeah. she's offending you and other people and whatever. And when Tortorella goes, "Wow, you guys stinking here," you're, you know, you're kind okay. of looking over and saying, oh, "Some of us learn to use deodorant or washed more often." Or I don't know. No, if you I know, don't it's have an embarrassing a... thing, it's embarrassing. <laughs> if I don't have that kind of relationship, where I, that rapport with somebody, where I can just have that honest heart to heart, I honestly won't. I probably won't say a word. I don't want to offend the person. I don't th- don't know how to be taken. I probably wouldn't say a word. To be honest. Okay. So it all depends on my I know relationship I with I know the I offender. wouldn't because, you know, I could be in that situation and not know it. I could be stinking and someone could go, you know, want to say, and not know about it and uh, feel terribly embarrassed and all that. But is it more embarrassing to be the one where someone goes, you know, that guy over there, that's him. You know, the, all the media is huddled over into one corner and then there's one guy over in the other corner <laughs> by himself. Do you, do you not get the hint? Well, like pig pen on mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, exactly. Peanuts. Exactly right. Exactly. And that's it for this edition of Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Titan Performance Blades. We bring the pro shop to you. Stop skating on inferior blades. Go to titanblades.com and check them out. Hockey Confidential. <laughs> I'm telling you, my buddy says to me, guys, I know who it is. I know who it is. I, tell me. I can't tell you. It's a woman. Come on, I need to know more. I need to know more. He may never tell me who. I might have to guess. I might have to say to someone, all right, count the number of women who are in the scrum or or take a roll call. Who is that? Okay, how many women were there? And then narrow it down. Because for sure there's less women in the press room than men, right? For sure, for sure. All right. Uh, Okay, our trivia question uh, brought to you by Panzer's Original Deli. Tigers, Tiger Woods that is. I don't want you to get him, you know. Williams. With with Tiger Woods (laughs) or Tiger Jeet Singh. We're talking about Tiger Woods here. His first Masters victory was in 1997. He won by an incredible 12 shots. Who was the runner-up that day? Uh, The runner-up was a major champion winner. Who was the runner-up that day? Uh, I'm going to guess David Duvall. David Duvall? No, no, not not a bad guess. David Duvall would have won the British a couple years later. Uh, He wasn't quite into form then. Uh, The answer is Tom Kite. Oh, yeah. Tom Kite, U.S. Open winner in 92, I believe, at Pebble Beach. Tom Kite was 12. I was the runner-up to Tiger that day. Oh, yeah, was it close? Uh, He beat me by 12 (laughs) shots. Wait a minute. This is golf, right? 12 (laughs) shots. Right. Tiger would have had to make four straight triple bogeys (laughs) for me to tie him. Wasn't going to happen. That's a great trivia question. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, I'll tell you, uh, trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. uh, And uh, they're at 3856 Bathurst Street. Go to com. And that is it for episode number 94 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. <clears throat> Excuse me. Boy, it's been tough with the throat today. Uh, and thanks to everybody who came out to the Toronto Card Show yesterday and brought, uh, bought my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. Uh, and they're going to read the book, and now they will have heard of him. If you're interested in getting one of these books, go to HebseyOnSports.com or go right to Amazon or Indigo and order it there. Makes a great Father's Day gift. And you know how hard it is to buy a gift for Dad. It's tough. Especially if he doesn't read. <laughs> Maybe uh, the audiobook's coming soon. Okay, so get him that. And thanks for listening to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Do me a favor, write a nice review. It really does help. And thanks, as always, for allowing us into your headspace back with another episode shortly. Until then, so long for now.